0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Civil Rights University podcast. This is Brian Leonard, uh, your host and founder, president and uh, CEO of Civil Rights University, author, adjunct professor and attorney. Just want to remind you. Uh, that we have um, written a book and it's called Movement Mentors. Um, uh, Dred Scott, Homer Plessy, Reverend Oliver Brown, Three Courageous Men, Their Landmark Cases, and Their Enduring Legacies. And that book is available uh, on Amazon. Uh, it's also available on our website, so as well as anywhere bookstores are sold and I would recommend you go to your favorite independent bookstore or go to bookshop.org and request um, the book and we certainly appreciate your support also um please go to civil to sign up for uh to be notified of other uh, things that we'll be doing opportunities that will be available uh to um, uh, to take advantage of the opportunity we have to learn more and to get more training more assistance in your civil rights work. Uh, Civil Rights University provides um, uh, content, training, curriculum, coaching, online courses, eventually a community and certification for activists, attorneys, and social entrepreneurs, uh, and those that would would, uh, like to do that or are just interested in fighting for and seeking uh, civil rights. Hello, and welcome to the uh, next episode, episode nine of the Civil Rights University podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Brian Leonard, uh, author, uh, professor, and founder of Civil Rights University, and also author of Movement Mentors, Dred Scott, Homer Plessy, and Reverend Oliver Brown, Three Courageous Men, Their Landmark Cases, and Their Enduring Legacies, which is available uh, for purchase uh, on our website, civilrightsuniversity.com, also available on Amazon and anywhere books are sold. We, of course, encourage you to find your uh, local or uh, any uh, independent bookstore, particularly uh, Black or minority-owned bookstore uh, and request a copy of the book. <clears throat> in today's episode, we're going to talk about uh, remote activism. Um, in the last almost two years, we've been faced with a pandemic that we haven't seen in over a century, um, and, and you know, it's been literally almost a century. Um, and just like I guess before, um, you know, it lasted for almost three years, and so we're kind of edging toward year three. But one thing that has been recognized and I think that all people would acknowledge is that um, although the pandemic you know, stopped many things, one thing it didn't stop was the need for activism. Um, and in fact, there's a pretty decent argument made that it, it really um, identified and really um, illuminated the need for activism. Um, and so the question becomes, well, how do you continue or maintain your activism when that activism has to be done remotely? And that is what today's uh, episode will deal with, okay? remote activism. Okay? All right. So, OK, let, let's ask the question. Um, as we said, you know, many people say, it's, you know, it's a remote environment, it's a new normal. Uh, but I, I do think it's true and I think it's been evident. Um, within the pandemic, of the uh, importance and the and really the success of remote activism uh, under the circumstances, and I think that um, that can be seen uh, in various forms. So the question is, how do we uh, how do we um, uh, deal with or have effective activism uh, in the midst of a global pandemic? Um, and so, uh, and so, let's talk about it. First of all, what is the definition of remote activism? Uh, remote activism is maintaining a level of speaking truth to power in support of various causes um, uh, and issues just outside of the in-person environment. Just like you know, many people have been working remotely throughout this pandemic. So, remote activism can include ad- advocacy for public policy. Uh, legislation, rule change, impact litigation, direct services, research and scholarship, as well as citizen activism or grassroots organizing. And just uh, quite frankly, I mean, you know, all, well, I think most of all of that has been occurring throughout these last uh, little over two years, uh, which is a good thing. Um, and remote activism is done primarily in the same way as in person activism, just using the tools and resources which, you know, through the advent of technology um, are technological in nature uh, to do so. And so, um, um, you know, we, uh, again, it will show uh, and talk about today's episode about how that can happen and has happened um, at various points and under the circumstances. Um, and so not only can we look at current, but we can also even look at historical um uh, activism and how we can use uh, some of those um lessons and practices uh to help with remote activism under the circumstances so let's talk about okay how does activism occur remotely well, first of all, uh, you know, as we said, as, you know, new technological advancement every day, um, but there are some good old fashioned methods of conducting activism remotely that, you know, many people may not uh, think of, but are still effective. Um, these methods are ones that have been used and were really, you know, prior to um, the use of technology um, and social media and those things were the primary means of activism. Uh, for instance, and, and this is something that uh, Reverend Al Sharpton, president, founder of National, National Network, um, host a policy nation um, uh, with Al Sharpton and, and also of Keeping it Real with Al Sharpton's radio show. One of the things that he always brings up is, he, listen, you know, Dr. King, um, um, uh, Ralph Abernathy, Andy Young, Jose, Reverend Jose Williams, um, and John Lewis and others didn't have, you know, Twitter, <laughs> they didn't even have the internet. Okay. They didn't have cell phones. Okay. But they still were active, uh, and, and uh, Bob Moses and, and then Snick and Stokely Carmine. And yeah, so, so we, you know, we, we, you know, all these folks did these, you know, amazing things without all these tools, right? So, um, one way is to go back to the basics. Okay, so for instance, and particularly prior to the uh, invention of the internet, okay. Uh, So, what's one way? Uh, The telephone, (laughs) plain and simple. Um, And, you know, as it's, you know, has been since its invention in the late 19th century, in the 19th century, it has been one of the primary means of communication. And although many people probably favor a text today, right, (laughs) you know, or Instagram message or whatever it is, um phone conversations, particularly you know cell phones obviously we do have them can be a useful tool for activism that does not require you to be in person okay and and and, and saying that particularly looking at today's environment i mean one of the ways and many political part candidates and now organizations use it is, is they use the phone to send a text or those kinds of things um to your phone to, to help to spur activism um uh and more of a view an artist is is um from generation x or earlier this may be still the primary means of um way to contact your chosen constituents so for instance again we you know we're assuming uh that you know all of the activism is done with you know generation x and 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 after right generations y and z and, and millennials and all that but that's not necessarily true Okay, your audience could be an audience that you know, baby boomers or even Generation Xers, that you know would f- would prefer. So it is possible that um, that uh, you know you can utilize um, the phone. For instance, one of the um, previous methods, uh, particularly like I said during the time of the rights movement, the modern civil rights movement, uh, was to use something called a phone tree. Okay. And a phone tree was a uh, tool where, uh, whereby, uh, uh, you know, essentially require volunteers to be responsible to call a certain number of people and so on under their tree. Now, of course, today's time, of course, and, and obviously, you know, it makes it a lot easier for activists today. When you could just send a text, right? Mass text, group text, however you want to say it. Um, they have text responding services and things like that. Um, so it's very popular function. Um, you know particularly with cell phones. I mean like I said you know as, as everyone knows particularly we're getting ready to very soon the next few months head into the political you know season uh, ahead of the midterm elections and so you know when this has become the norm now uh, where candidates, political parties uh, and now like I said of course even uh, organizations particularly in, in even civil rights organizations are using uh, that as a tool I and mean, we all get the text and, and things like that so, the, the phone is still a very relevant uh, and important tool um, that you can use for remote activism. Um, for instance, creating a texting campaign uh, for your issue of calls, very successful, very powerful tool, it, it's completely remote, right? Um, but it can be certainly very, very, as I said, very effective in, in getting the, the message out there. Um, And so again, you know, and also again, still calling people, People, believe it or not, people still answer the phone. (laughs) So that is still a very, uh, very popular uh, and really effective means of of, of promoting activism. Um, But not only that, in terms of getting the word out there and getting, you know, your group or, or stirring up your community, but also even in engaging in advocacy, right? Where you actually call, right, your, you know, representative, your, Uh, like local elected officials, or even, uh, you know, nationally elected officials, right, representatives uh, in Congress and senators, uh, and even the president, right. So I mean, again, you can still call those decision makers, um, and that can be completely done completely remotely under the circumstances. and so again, uh, you know, the telephone is a is a great uh example um that, you know, where you can use activism and still be remote. Mm-hmm so in addition to the phone as a an effective tool uh for activism uh another very effective tool um and again that that is more of a traditional mode of communication but still very effective is the written word right um i used to tell people and learn from one of our uh, uh, bosses that you know you know, writing people a letter, I mean, you know, you know, it may seem like an old fashioned concept, but letter writing can be very effective. Um, when you're trying to particularly, you know, get someone to respond to you or perhaps even, you know, you know, notify them of an issue, um, and a, um, you know, a, a situation that's going on, then, uh, the, um, um, you know, writing them a the letter, um, you'd be surprised. And I can tell you from my practice, uh, my law practice, you know, people wouldn't respond. You write them a letter, put it in the mail, you get a response. And, and it's, it's just one of those things. I think because of the popularity of social media and things like that, I think people are not used to getting things in the mail as much. So when they do get something in the mail, I think it gets their attention. Um, so that is a, just a sort of a surprising. Uh, effect of social media uh, in the sense that you know something you know that may be considered old fashioned like writing a letter can still be a very effective means of activism um, and of course uh, as we said you know from the beginning of printing press all the way up to today um, you know and even though where you don't need ink or print even printed paper at all writing again still been a very effective tool from letters the Declaration of of Independence, uh, to a letter from a Birmingham jail, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., probably one of the most powerful uh, examples of activism, uh, just sort of laying out the case, right, responding to critics. And really, uh, you know, it it was in many ways, um, you know, tantamount to a Gettysburg Address, right? I mean, of course, I know the, the, the I Have a Dream speech probably is what people are most familiar with and maybe would most associate with that, but it was a very significant letter. Okay. And of course, I think it was Clarence B. Jones, his attorney, uh, who was recently recognized by ABA, um, <clears throat> um, is the person responsible for, you know, getting it out and getting it published. But it's very, very important, very powerful, very important piece of history. Very, just an excellent form of activism uh, by, of course, the greatest, you know, American we produce. Uh in uh, Dr. King. Um, and so again, um, you know, you know, again, that's one of the greatest documents ever written. And again, no internet, no Twitter, right? Just all written word. Okay. Um, now, in addition to that, of course, letters and direct mail, um, again, even in the age of you know, TikTok, things like that, a written letter is still very effective, uh, primarily because Um, Like I said, you know, as we said, people pay attention, direct mail campaigns. I mean, you know, we've we've all seen them. I just mentioned about, um, you know, political party, they still send them, right? There's a reason why, okay, political candidates and others still send things in the mail because it works, right? It it just does. It works. Um, And so I I just think, again, sort of thinking or reimagining, you know, what, you know, we would, you know, traditionally consider as sort of old-fashioned methods, but they're still very effective. Uh, and certainly in terms of civil rights activism can I mean, be very powerful too particularly in a virtual environment or an environment where you can't be in person certainly you don't have to be in person to write letters you don't have to be in person um you know to write them to the the um uh to the actual you know leaders and decision makers but even you know uh, to write them to uh, your constituency your group right that you're trying to mobilize so so you know letter you know, letter writing is very very uh, powerful too and it certainly should not be uh, should not be overlooked uh, at all uh, under the circumstances um So uh, in addition, uh, like we said, you know, direct mail as a marketing tool uh, is very effective. And so it can be, of course, very effective in terms of uh, also um, um, in terms of, uh, you know, getting your message out there. Um, You can, as we said, have an active campaign through letter writing. Um, um, Again, writing letters to the affected officials and government agencies that you're seeking change from. And be an effective tool. In addition, and this is something that if you study particularly history and if you, you look at uh, activists like Booker T. Washington, some may not consider her an activist, but, but we can discuss that later. And certainly the scholar activist, preeminent, probably intellectual um, that we've ever produced probably next to Dr. Wallace King would be um, uh, Dr. W.E.B. Du Bois. Right. And one of the things that they did in their times, right, is they would write letters to the editor right of newspapers and i know newspapers have kind of you know again more you know you know traditional mode but they're still around okay um and people still write them people still write opinion pieces okay and of course now you can of course do it electronically again all remote okay uh, but what they should do is they write letters to the editor and what they were doing is they're trying to you know generate support for their issue or their position in particular but um, Boogie Washington and Dr. W. Du Bois and really rally people around, inform them of their position, rally people around and, and really keep that information going. And so, again, today we have way more tools than they did. Right. Like as I said, you can write opinion pieces. Of course, now, of course, you know, you, know, you can essentially blog, you can tweet, you know, you can do all kinds of things that, again, still remote. OK, but it does involve, you know, the written word under the circumstances. Uh, and so again, like I said, these all can be very important tools. Uh in the same keeping with that, right, the written word, email marketing. Uh, you know, again, you know, you know, for all that social media is and has been, uh, email marketing um is a is is, you know, because as we know now, you know, social media could just kick you off. They could change the algorithm, and of course, you, you know, you'd lose your your following, your space there. But email, right, is the prime real estate, right, when it turns in terms of marketing these days. Okay, um, and so again, involving the written word, um, you can certainly uh, generate interest, awareness. Obviously, many people market and sell products that way. But certainly it could work the same way in terms of you know building your support for your issue or cause um, through you know targeted email uh, list and and email um uh campaigns and activism um and again um completely remote um you, know, you do not have to be in person uh, but certainly can be very effective also also as we said, it, you know, emailing the actual decision makers and those in power, right? And just flooding them with emails after emails, email, and they will respond, right? And maybe it can respond to someone that's writing response for them, but still you will get some type of response, okay? So still can be very, very effective. Um, and so whether written letter, direct mail or email mark, the written work again is a powerful tool to continue to practice your activism remotely. Uh, but in addition, uh, some have become even more popular, um, but in particular, you know, civil rights organizations or social justice organizations is online petition, okay, which can be circulated again remotely, uh, and generally, you know, follows email marketing. But again, the idea is that it can all be remote, very effective, and of course, involves the written word. <laughs> And, you mess, you mess, you mess, you and so um in addition of course sort of the biggie today right uh that can be done remotely um and of course it's, is uh, and it's still uh, generally could fall in the written word but also of course video and things like that is social media right and, and this obviously is the big one today uh 21st century new platforms being born every day uh, virtually unlimited means of reaching you know many many people across all you know geographic lines and anything else um and so you know of course uh like i said the largest most popular is twitter facebook youtube probably again, the most effective uh, but there are others instagram obviously very powerful too as is linkedin becoming another social media powerhouse and platform so each of these platforms obviously can be used remotely And again, can be tremendous to, you know, advance your actions, of course. And we'll talk about examples later. Well, actually we'll talk about examples now, but uh, obviously one of the, I guess, best examples, or early examples of this, of course, is of course, um, the example of um, uh, Black Lives Matter, right? That started out, now, there was a movement, of course, after Oscar Grant on Fruitvale Station in Oakland was was, um, gone down, unfortunately um you know but um um, um you know however of course it, it was more recently and associated so there's a movement there but the sort of you know popularity of that movement I believe the founders are actually from Oakland as well or that part of California um uh is uh because the Trayvon Martin uh, murder but, um uh, where he was you know, you know killed by George zimmer and the, the jury acquitted him so you know they said it was a killing but they um, found him acquitted him of the murder charge uh, but it's martin um, when he was killed and um the um uh, the idea of course is that um, uh, um uh, you know the black lives matter right started off as a hashtag right and that was again using social media um, the next uh but but another example of course and there are other examples where civil rights organizations have used um remote um have used remote um um vehicles okay um uh, or have continued activism remotely uh, i think probably one of the best examples of this particularly in recent um uh, history is color of change right color of change.org Built an entire platform and organization, utilizing the tools of the internet and social media to advance calls for civil rights, social justice. Very effective, very powerful, very well-run organization um, that has just you know been at the forefront, right, of using these technolo- technological tools to continue activism, right? Uh, other examples are, you know, even the legacy, the civil rights legacy organizations, what I think Malcolm X called the big six in some cases, uh, but these, you know, legacy organizations have been around for many, many, many years uh, involved in the civil rights struggle. For instance, of course, um, NAACP, NAACP Legal Defense Fund, uh, the National Urban League, um, uh, and of course, the Last Action Network, Rainbow Push Coalition. Okay, so all of these organizations, you know, they have, you know, uh, you know Twitter uh, activity. Of course, they have websites. Of course, they have, um, 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 uh, you know, streams that they do. Uh, they're all on Facebook. Okay, um, they have YouTube videos. So, th- they have certainly utilized these tools um, uh, of activism. Um, many of them, like to have hosted live stream events. Um, for instance, in terms of National Action Network, we're able to push every Saturday. They do their Saturday action rallies, and those can be streamed on YouTube, uh, for instance, and Facebook. Um, and so, and so again, they have utilized these tools to continue, even as legacy organizations that you know were in existence. Uh, in the case of NWSP, and LDF back during course the civil rights movement uh the the modern era modern civil rights movement um they're still using these tools under those circumstances um to and still operating and advancing civil rights uh, in a remote environment um and 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 they don't have to be in person again uh, they've done that through um uh, live streaming their conferences, having virtual events, um, and like to even in Saturday meetings, as I mentioned, other events to maintain a health level activism, again, mostly remotely, even in the height of the pandemic. Um, and so, again, and also, um, and I mentioned on previous podcast episodes, American Bar Association, National Bar Association that have held conferences and panel discussions throughout the pandemic, utilizing Zoom and YouTube, again, in a remote environment, virtual environment. Uh, for activists, attorneys, social entrepreneurs, and social justice uh, advocates, uh, under circumstances, so there, there are you know many examples of how uh, organizations, groups, individuals have used and been able to continue their activism in a remote environment uh, and remain remote in doing that. Um, so, if you will, also, I encourage you to go to our blog where we have more resources for you. Um, and also I'll put that information in the show notes as well, where you can you know, take a look at some examples and, and sort of some of the resources that, um, that sort of highlight what we have discussed in this episode. Um, now, despite the advent of global pandemic and the change in paradigm from in-person events to remote events, utilizing remote activism efforts can be the key to maintaining your current level of activism to enhance it or just to get st- to just get started. So again, um, this is our episode on remote activism. Hopefully, you um, you got a lot out of it. Um, Again, encourage you to um, to share um, this podcast um, and to rate it um, on iTunes um, so that you know. Again, we can share this information with others. Obviously, uh, it's important to continue to you know spread the message and spread the word. So, rights activism is important work. Uh, we want to make sure we continue to do that we continue to bring helpful content like this uh, from civil rights university um again also check out our website civil um, and make sure you sign up uh, to be notified of you know events courses that will be going coming up uh, very soon uh, certainly you know get our book and also learn about future books that we will be publishing um, and just getting more information about civil rights and civil rights activism. Um, and again, we hope to be able to continue to provide that to you and that you are uh, utilizing that as a great, and seeing that as a great resource. Uh, again, every day is important, right? And every generation, it's important to uh, fight and strive for civil rights and the mission of civil rights university is to educate a generation of civil rights activists. Um, so that's it for this episode of, of Civil Rights University podcast. I'm your host, again, Brian Leonard, author, professor, attorney, and founder of Civil Rights University. Uh, thank you for being an activist and continue in your activism. We'll see you next time on the Civil Rights University podcast. Remember, uh, we hope you, again, enjoy this episode. Remember to subscribe um, to our podcast. Again, it's available on Apple, uh, iTunes, as well as Spotify and um, Google Podcasts. In addition, we encourage you to visit our website, at so for more information and content like this one. Uh, like this and uh, blog posts and other content that we have and resources available to you and also so you can be notified about additional opportunities for you to uh, benefit from um, the um, uh, the training and resources that we can help you on your journey as an activist. Um, and also, of course, we would love for you hopefully to support us uh again with um uh purchasing the book uh move with mentors uh three courageous men the landmark cases in their enduring legacies um J. scott homer plessy and reverend oliver brown is available on amazon.com um and also available at, at our at our um website, so and also anywhere books are sold and we'd encourage you to go to your favorite independent bookstore um and uh, request it uh, we'd appreciate that also um if you really like this content that we provide with civil rights university podcast we hope you do we strive to provide it to you weekly and we hope it's of value to you then we encourage you to support us um on patreon if you go to patreon.com forward slash civil rights university again that is patreon.com forward slash civil rights university and see how you can support this podcast there also don't forget to follow us on twitter at university civil again follow us on twitter at university civil um and again we just thank you for your support thank you for your attention to this podcast thank you for your activism and until next week continue in your activism this is brian leonard president of civil rights university and host of civil Rice university podcast. We thank you for your time. Thank you for your support.